Hi gorgeous, this is episode number 181 and we have the amazing number one revenue growth mentor, David Newman, back on the show. This is David Newman and you are listening to the Heart Sells Podcast with Christine Schlonsky. Enjoy. Well, I am so over the moon to have David Newman back on the show today, and he's going to share so much more amazing, amazing value. Last time we talked more about how to generate leads with your speaking engagements. And today we are going to dive in and actually talk about how to get revenue from it, how to monetize your message, how to do it speaking. So I'm so super pumped to have David back on the show. He's not just a certified speaking professional. He's also a member of the National Speakers Association Million Dollar Speaking Group, which kind of gives you the clue that he is at a place where he makes over a million dollars with his speaking company, his speaking business. And I think that's super excited because it's not that many people who get to this high level. And David is definitely one of the best. And I'm so excited that I get to present to you as my listener to provide you with that value. And so let's dive right in. He is an author of the business bestsellers Do It Marketing and brand new Do It Speaking 77 Instant Action Ideas to Market monetize and maximize your expertise that just came out and I'm reading it right at the moment. So I'm totally excited. I have put the links to the books into the show notes. So hop on over to christineschlonsky.com, find the podcast tab and check that out. Connect with David, get his books. I can highly, highly recommend that. David is known as the number one revenue growth mentor for experts who speak professionally. That doesn't mean you need to fill a stadium, but that means you speak to your ideal audience. So you speak professionally and he is a creator of the Speaker Profit Formula Mentoring Program, which has already over 800 successful graduates, ranking from brand new speakers to members of the National Speaker Association Speaker Hall of Fame. So I'm super pumped to have him back. Let's dive right in. Well, I am so excited to have you back on the show, David. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Great to be back. Yeah, I loved our first episode and you delivered so much value about speaking and how to make revenue from it and generate leads and how you really had your own path and figuring things out now having a million dollar speaking business. So yeah. I just I just love that. So before we dive in, can you share like a fun fact about you? My fun fact is I love old school video games. All the old classics, Atari, Space Invaders, Pac-Man, Asteroids. And we just recently redid our basement in our house so that I could put in what we call the Ultra Video Gaming Retro Lounge. And I've got all of my old systems set up, the Atari, the Intellivision, the first Nintendo, all of those things are in the basement. And I've got three TVs and they're all kind of interconnected. And it's kind of a, a crazy, crazy little retro video game retreat center in my wow. very own basement. Well, I just had some ideas for packaging that up for customers. <laughs> That service is available if you want your own video game retro lounge and the cost is a gazillion dollars. 
<laughs> yeah, but maybe somebody just would like to have a retreat. Oh, that's true. That's true. We can do a video game retreats down there. Good idea. Yeah. See, I like that. <laughs> and it's, it's fun because people can also practice speaking while down there, right? Sure. And have some fun, like moving little packages back and forth. Exactly. <laughs> Finding the good way. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So last episode, we concentrated on speaking for leads. And, and you said that this episode, we can focus on actually generating revenue from speaking, which means getting paid speaking gigs, right? It does. So how, how do you get a paid speaking gig? Especially if nobody knows you yet, how do you get money for being not known and get invited to someone else's stage? Right. Well, just to be clear, you, you don't get money for being not known because if you did, then my first five years in my business, I would have been a millionaire much, much sooner. Okay. Like you, you, get, you get paid for being a nobody, but you get paid for delivering value to an audience where your message and your content has high relevance, high value, and high application. In other words, they can use it right away. So I think the first thing that we have to decide if we're kind of pursuing a paid speaking track or adding a paid revenue generating speaking um, model to our current business is figure out who are the people that you really want to serve. Who are the people that really need to hear this message? And the way that I, the way that I um, talk about this, it's really about who, who is terrible at it. So let's say, I'm just going to give you a quick example. Let's say that we're teaching presentation skills. You say, okay, who, who's the worst in the world at presentation skills? And I'm, I'm just going to pick on accountants. It could be lawyers. It could be engineers. For the example, it doesn't really matter. I'm going to pick accountants. So if you say, okay, my expertise is presentation skills. I am going to focus on accountants because I know accountants are terrible at this. And every meeting... And every presentation and every seminar that an accountant does where they screw it up, they are losing thousands or tens of thousands of dollars of business. So now I've identified a target group. I've identified an urgent, pervasive, expensive problem that they have. And I am going to show up as the expert in that niche of accounting on that topic, which is presentation skills. So think about in your world, let's kind of reverse engineer what just happened here. Think about whatever your expertise is, who needs it more desperately than everybody else? Because if they need it more desperately or they suffer from it more greatly, right? It's a bigger pain. It's a bigger problem for this particular kind of person, this particular kind of company, right? Here's the path. Who suffers from it more greatly? Who needs it more desperately? And who will value it more highly? Because if you're trying to solve a problem that they don't really feel that they have or that they actually don't have, it's going to be a very difficult uphill battle. If you put together a program or an offer, that doesn't have to be speaking. It could be training, coaching, consulting, an online course, a mentorship program. But whatever the solution is, if you come up with something where you don't have to make two sales. You don't need to sell the fact that they have a problem and then try and sell the fact that you have a solution. They already recognize, oh my goodness, Christina's singing my song. This is exactly what we're going through. 
I just had a talk with the CEO about this problem. Our board is getting upset about this now. We have to solve this. This is, again, urgent, pervasive, expensive problem that they're already aware that they have. When you show up, it's not any longer a push. Now it's a pull. And I always tell my clients, come up with an offer that is bought, that does not need to be sold. Because whenever, and again, this is about not even about your mindset of selling, as selling is bad, selling is dirty, selling is, you know, imagine if someone just saw what you have to offer, pointed their finger on the screen, turned to their colleague and said, this is what we need. This right here, this is the answer to our problem. This right here, this is perfect for us. How much selling would you have to do? So I think selling, quote unquote, getting money, getting paid for a speech, seminar, training day, whatever it is, it's much more about is it a compelling value proposition as opposed to how good are you at selling someone something that they really don't need or that they really won't get value from. So spend 80% of your time dialing in the relevance, the offer, and the problem resolution so that you get the ultimate end effect of people are pointing to the screen or pointing to the voicemail or pointing to the email that you sent them and say, this is exactly what we need. How soon can we get her in here? So be relevant, solve a problem they already know they have, and then the sale takes care of itself. But you still have to do what we talked about in the first episode, which is consistently show up, offer value, invite engagement. But now you've got a monetary value to solving that problem and you're not just speaking for the leads. Yeah. So now I'm really, really clear on who I want to serve. I have dialed my offer in and I know that they probably will point their finger and say, this is what we need or this is what I need. But how do I get in front of them? Well, so there's a couple of ways, a couple of ways that are devious, clever. I want you to take off your salesperson hat. I want to put on your investigative journalist hat. Because one of the things that you can do to get in front of prospects and even C-suite executives, I mean, very highly placed people who you might never otherwise reach is what I call the interviews as a marketing strategy. And the interview that you conduct, it could be for a podcast. I mean, we're on a podcast right now. Uh, It could be for an article that you're writing and that you will submit to an industry publication that they read, recognize, and respect. But either way, you are going to do an article, and it's going to be an article series that you're doing that has an embedded compliment in the title. So let me walk you through this because this is kind of fun. Let's say that I, my expertise is in creativity, creativity and innovation. And I want to interview all the top executives in my active 20 prospect list so that they get to know me and they get to know my expertise and ultimately they get to know how I can help them. So I'm going to create an interview series that has an embedded compliment in the title. That sounds something like this, how top executives at leading companies profit from breakthrough innovation. Now there's three compliments in that title. How top executives, oh yes, I'm a top executive, at leading companies, yes, we have a leading company, 
profit from breakthrough innovations. Yes, of course, all of our innovations are breakthrough innovations. Now, if you're a C-level executive, you're a VP, you're a decision maker in one of these companies, you will want to be featured in that interview series. If you're a corporate communications person, because sometimes if you're dealing with a large company, they're going to send you to corporate communications to make sure that it's safe and make sure that everything works and they're not going to get blown up. Uh, the corporate communications people love the articles that have the embedded compliment. They want their company's name in lights under that heading, right? How top leaders at smart companies profit from breakthrough innovations. So that's going to be a door opening strategy. Now, when you get them on the interview, here's what's going to happen. You're going to ask them some success story questions about what's been their biggest success. What do they attribute that success to? Where did that success really come from? Where else is that showing up? How else are they spreading that word, training that, making, systematizing that into a process of some kind? But then you're going to ask some consultative questions. Well, what aspect of this have you still not quite figured out yet? What aspect of this are you working to improve over the next six to 12 months? Where has this come back to bite you in the butt a little bit and you realize that it hasn't quite been ironed out? So as you surface these problems, they're still talking about their favorite person, remember. Their favorite person is sitting in their chair right now. So it's gonna be their insights, their ahas, their pontifications, their mistakes, their lessons learned. It's almost like a sales call in disguise. But we're doing this from an investigative journalist standpoint. Then what that's going to open the door to is a series of follow-up touch points. We're going to send them a thank you email for the interview. We're going to send them a handwritten thank you note in the mail. We're going to perhaps put this article once you've had a chance to edit it down, the article might first appear on your blog or on your website. Once the article does go into some industry publication, because industry publications do want to hear from you because they're starving for great content, they need to put those ads somewhere and the ads have to go on top of the articles. So truly these industry and association and trade publications really need the submissions from you. And that's a great way to add additional visibility to what you're doing. But I want to emphasize right here, the point of this strategy is prospecting. It's not about the interview, and it's not about even getting the article published. Those are nice side benefits. What you've really done is you've opened the door to a relationship, a genuine relationship. This is not lying or faking or scamming the person. You are intentionally befriending your next group of prospects. So they know your name, they recognize your email in their inbox, they don't have your call screened by their assistant. They say, oh, it's Christine, I wonder what she has for me now. Because every seven to 10 days, you're gonna follow up with these people. You're gonna say, you know, Christine, I was thinking about your situation with problem X that you told me during our interview. Here's an article I just came across from the Harvard Business Review that reminded me of your challenge. Have a look at it, feel free to share it with the team. Seven to 10 days later, maybe I send them something of mine. Hey, Christine, I just wrote this blog post inspired by your question. There may be some useful nuggets in here. Feel free to share it with your team or maybe even post it on your internal intranet website. Every seven to 10 days, I'm like a happy squeaky wheel. 
until touch point five or six or seven, depending on kind of what's happened up to that point. Five is early, seven is late, won't be more than five or six, seven touch points. At some point, you will have earned the right to have the following pivotal conversation with them. Hey, Christine, we've been talking a lot about some of your innovation challenges and some of the things that you're working on. I think there may be some ways that I can be more formally helpful to you. Would that be worth a short chat? Now, let's unpack that exact phrase. This can be an email. This can be a voicemail. I love doesn't the phrase. I love that phrase. Right? So, yes. hey, Christine, we've been talking a lot about challenge X, problem Y, problem Z. I think there may be some ways I can be more formally helpful to you. Would that be worth a short chat? 97% of these people will say yes. Oh my goodness, they, please. That would be great because you've proven your value in advance before any money has changed hands. Now, when you tell a high-level executive more formally helpful to you, they know exactly what's going on. You know exactly what's going on. They have invited you to a sales conversation about how you can help them for money. And I don't care if that's a speaking, training, coaching, consulting, buy 500 seats to my online course, license 10,000 copies of my book and give it to every employee, whatever it is that you're doing, you will have invited yourself into their inner circle because you showed up as a trusted advisor and as an authority, not as a peddler, not as a salesperson, not as a coach, not as a consultant, not as a speaker who's peddling your wares, but as a trusted thought-leading authority who has been a sounding board and a source of value for the past five, six, or seven weeks. There is no better prospecting strategy under the sun, and I just gave it to you right now for free because yeah. I'm offering value <laughs> and inviting engagement. That was bigger than the Happy Meal. <laughs> bigger than the Happy Meal. Thank you so much. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed that. And it's, it's very smart. And you, you create that deep relationship before you come with some kind of ask or invitation to take it further, which is really wonderful. So what I would love to know, because now you are a great speaker and you develop to be a sales pro by figuring out some things, but what was the very first thing that you've ever sold in your entire life? Wow, what a great question. So I grew up in an apartment building. So we had you know, seven floor apartment complex. And I think in the back of a comic book, they were selling packets of seeds. So flower seeds, vegetable seeds. And I said, I know, I'm gonna go door to door in my apartment building, knock on doors and sell these seeds. And I did, and I was terrible at it. I was terrible <laughs> at it. But I think I might've made five bucks total hey. in my entire seed selling career. But that was the first thing. Do you remember how old you were approximately? I was probably eight or nine. Well, that's pretty smart, you know, just yeah. having this brilliant idea, getting five bucks into your pocket. Remember, if you want to get kids, advertise in the back of comic books. Ah. That's how they got me. <laughs> that's wonderful. So it seems like you do have a natural kind of way or natural entrepreneurial side already 
within you. I do. Well, you know, let me share a quick quote because this not this knocking on doors with the seeds reminded me. It's Dr. Richard Carlson who wrote the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff books. He says, rather than bust down doors, focus on the doors that open when you knock. And I think for everyone who has had a heart-centered business, who wants to sell with their heart, that is such fantastic advice. Don't worry about busting down all these doors. Just focus on the doors that open when you knock. One of the things I love about that, you still have to knock. But just focus on the doors that open when you do knock. Yeah, oh, what, a, what a brilliant quote. <laughs> So, well, coming back to the to your seed selling business, <laughs> I mean, did all the doors open or how did no. it No. Well, you yeah. know how this is. This is the same thing with trick-or-treat at Halloween. You know, you knock on some doors, people pretend they're not home. They're like, oh gosh, there's someone at the door. Don't answer the door. It's probably a salesperson. So, there was a lot of doors that never opened. There were some doors that opened and these really grumpy faces. What? What? What, what do you want? I was like, ha, 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 I want to buy some seeds. Then there were some doors, door opened, very kind gentleman, very kind lady, because I was eight years old. They're all gentlemen ladies at that point. Hi, you want to buy some seeds? Oh, what kind of seeds do you have? It's like, oh my gosh, you think this might actually work? It's working. <laughs> like, well, I have some azalea seeds. I have some uh, tomato plants. I have, give me, give me two tomatoes. How much are they? 50 cents each. Oh, well, here's a dollar. Thank you so much. And the door would close and I would be stunned. I'd be like, what just happened? They, they bought something from me? And that would energize me to go knock on the next five doors. Yes, thank Three of you for mentioning answer. that. One was grumpy, one was nice. That was about the ratio. Three yeah. doors never opened. One was grumpy, one was nice. I would say out of the nice people, I sold one out of three. That's, that's pretty cool. And I love how that you said it energized you. Yes. Oh, every right? so yes. Success every built yes. on success. Oh, totally. Totally. And it was, it was like, this can actually work. This holy smokes. I can't believe it. And I was, it was like magic. It really was magic. Like, okay, I have this. You're going to give me money. I'm going to give you this thing. What just happened? This was like, it was like, you know, it's the, um, Da Vinci painting, right? Of, uh, you know, the, the fingers touching and the, yeah. the lightning bolt being transferred and, you know, giving life. And it's like, holy smokes, this is great. So that was my, you know, God creating Adam moment with the lightning bolt. Wonderful. Wonderful. So how did you feel then about receiving the money? Well, remember, these seeds cost me money because I put money in the envelope. I sent it off to the seed company at the back of the comic book. So there's two things I was looking at. Number one is like, when do I get the money back? Right. So let's say the seeds cost $5 and they would send you 20 packets of seeds that you were selling at 50 cents. So the theory is you make $10. I like that math. So I was like, okay, if I sell 10, then I break even and I've got 10 extra packs of seeds to do something with. If I sell all of them, I'm $5 ahead. I'm $5 ahead. So part of it was the initial few sales were relief. <laughs> They were relief. Still amazing, but amazing with a twist of relief. Once I, once I sold like that 
11th and 12th packet where it was pure profit, that was another energizing moment. Yeah. And so I think that's, that's another good lesson is what's the return on investment and then what's the pure profit on what you're selling. Yeah, I love that. And that actually brings me back to the first episode where we talked about that now, even though you hit that seven-figure mark, there's less in your pocket. Yes. So what kind of advice would you give people, you know, starting out or trying to figure out how to do things? Often we see like, oh, we want to be seven figures. We want to or even go to six figures or multiple six figures. And we just see that big revenue number. What would your advice be now looking back of everything you have created for people to get really, really clear on before they choose a certain path? Such a great question. And this is really, really important. Uh, I have a friend who joined this million dollar speakers group about five years before I did. And I was talking to him. Uh, this is before I actually joined the group, before I actually qualified. I said, hey, Peter, how's business? What's going on? What's going on? He says, you know what? I have great clients. I love most days of what I'm doing. And I could make more money, but it would be a pain in my butt. And I was like, oh, I love that so much. So think of it as two intersecting lines on a chart. There's how much money do you want to make and how busy do you want to be or how much of a pain in the butt are you willing to put up with? Because I also have some very successful friends who are not loving their business right now and who are not, they're not saying what my friend Peter said, which is I, I have fantastic clients. I love what I do most days. Uh, I could do more, but it would be a pain in my butt. So think about, this is a really deep philosophical question. How much money is enough money? How many clients is enough clients? How much quote unquote success is enough success before it starts to turn to poison? Because you can be super successful and hate getting out of bed every day. You can make zillions of dollars and maybe you take home more or less or it doesn't matter. But you know, my situation was, we talked about this on the last episode, revenue goes up, personal income goes down. That's a fixable problem. It's a scalability problem. It's a profitability problem. It's a customer lifetime value problem. And we're fixing all of those things. And I'm, I'm still super happy, just to be clear. I love my team. I love our clients. I love our clients' successes. But I got lucky because according to my friend Peter, I could have built this thing with just dollar signs in my eyeballs and made all kinds of terrible mistakes start to sell out our mission, start to undermine the quality, start to not care about client outcomes or whatever it might be. And there are people that's, that submit to the dark side, right? The whole internet marketing, make a bazillion dollars. Here's me and my Bentley. Here's me and my mansion. Here's me in Hollywood. Please listen, if you're not happy doing what you're doing, I don't care how much or how little money you're making, you are not successful. If you realize, you know what? I would love to make a quarter million dollars. I want to have a 250K business. I don't want a team. I don't want to manage people. I want to take most of that 250K to the bank. And I want to take four days off a week. And I don't want to work in the summer. And I want to enjoy time with my husband or play tennis with my friends or, you know, what? That's, that's success. So I think freedom more so than money 
is what defines your success. Are you getting up every day doing what you want to do with the ones you love for the ones you love in the way that you enjoy that speaks to your strengths and that where you can do your very best and highest work. If you're getting pulled away from that, I would be very, very careful and don't let those dollar signs in your eyeballs or, Oh, look at this person's business model. Look at that person's business model. Look how successful she is over there. I want to be like this guy over here. That is the path to maybe making more money, but being a lot more miserable. Yeah. Yeah. I love your insights. And that's, that's also what hard sells is about that, you know, you should have the freedom you desire, not some concept that works for someone else, or maybe even doesn't, and you are not aware of it, but really decide where do you want to go? What kind of business do you want to build and get really clear about the lifestyle you want and then build the business around the lifestyle so that you are, you know, the boss <laughs> of your own life and create in a way that's fun for you. Right. Yeah, I just, I just, I just love that. So what would be the parting advice you would love to leave us with? Well, let me go back to speaking and having a speaking driven business. Uh, sometimes in my seminars, I, the first question out of my mouth is, will all the professional speakers please raise their hand? And most people don't raise their hand. And I say, oh, well, that's interesting. Uh, will most of the professional writers please raise their hand? And again, most hands don't go up. You say, oh, hmm, really interesting again. Well, let me ask you, how many of you write professionally? Meaning that as part of your job, as part of your executive role, as your day-to-day -day entrepreneur, that you write emails, you write letters, you write messages, everyone's hand goes up. I said, oh, so it looks like everyone here writes professionally. Well, let me ask a different question then. How many of you speak professionally? Now they get it, right? Now they go, oh, so when I'm speaking one-on-one -on -one to, yes. Oh, when I'm on a video, yes. When I'm doing a Facebook Live, yes. When I'm doing a seminar for 10 people, yes. So we all speak professionally, right? We might not be all be professional speakers and that's fine, but how can you monetize and maximize what you're doing with your speaking to generate more leads for your business or to generate more revenue and to bolt on a speaking driven revenue stream to the business that you already have. And I already mentioned folks that are doing this are realtors and chiropractors and financial advisors and some consultants and coaches certainly. But you know, this concept of it has to be sexy. It's this, you know, big main stage, 3000 people production values, the two big TV screens over your head. That is a teeny tiny small fraction of what the entire speaking industry is. So I would simply encourage you, my parting words are, put speaking in a bigger box. Put speaking in a bigger box. Think of yourself not as a professional speaker, maybe you are, maybe you aren't, but you are certainly an expert who speaks professionally. And you can use that to generate more leads, you can use that to generate more clients, you can use that to generate both if you want to. Well, wonderful. Thank you so, so much for all the advice. And I want to make sure that people actually check out your free training on the five steps to speaking success, because that will definitely help them on the way to build a thriving business if they do speak professionally and consistently. 
That's right. Exactly. And so the place to pick up that free training is doitmarketing.com. It's D-O-I-T, doitmarketing.com slash webinar. Wonderful. Well, thank you so, so much for your insight. I loved both episodes so much. And I can't wait to hear what the audience is going to say, what they're going to pick up. So make sure, guys, that you leave your comments somewhere on all the social media where this is posted and make sure you connect with David. Everything is going to be in the show notes. Just one click away, the link to the webinar or the social media so you can connect with David and you can learn more. <laughs> Thank you so much for having been here and have a great day, everyone. Gorgeous. I really hope you enjoyed this episode as well. David delivers so much value no matter where he is. He was just part of the Heart-Centered Lead Generation Summit where he taught a whole segment on his methods that he usually teaches to his private clients. So I'm super, super excited that he was part of that. And I asked him to be on Heart Sales and he had said yes. So here we are with two episodes where he shares not just his knowledge, but also his really, really valuable time. Time. And I'm so excited that we got the opportunity to learn from him. So I would love to know what are you going to do with it? You can always write me an email to info at christineschlonsky.com. Share your stories, share what you are taking away from these podcasts. What are you implementing and what makes a difference for you in your life and your business while creating from a heart-centered place and while making your dreams come true? That would be so super exciting. So hop on over to christineschlonsky.com, find the podcast tab and the episode of David are episodes 180, 181. I have a link to all of the places you can connect with David and also I have referenced his books. So it's just one click away. And you can download the podcast episodes as well and put those MP3s into your success library, which I really hope you have such a thing where you put really inspiring episodes just in there to re-listen because oftentimes we take something away after the second or the third time of tuning in. I really appreciate you being here and I hope that you got a ton of value out of this as well. I'm wishing you a wonderful day wherever you are in this beautiful world and I'm saying bye for now. Bye.